Hello. Hey, welcome to the Bold Acting Podcast for August 18th, 2023. Episode number 16. Advice to the artist at the beginning of their career. If you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. I read that at the beginning of a Nick Tosh's novel that I have yet to crack open again. I'm not sure if he wrote it or if someone else wrote it, but it's true. Better out than in, as an old friend used to say, about everything. So, here comes some advice. Not just from me, but from some other experts, too. But first, a warning. Advice is autobiography, as James Altucher said. Advice is someone saying, this is what worked for me, or this is what didn't work for me, or this is what I should have done. And they don't normally preface it with with that because of the human need to be right. We want to tell people, we want to point at them and go, this is what you should do. Not because it's what you should do. Not because it's good advice, but because we love to be right. We need to be heard. And we want to feel like we're experts at something, especially stuff that we've gone through. Education, however, is different. There's a difference between advice and education. Education is uh, sending, sending along the possibility of knowledge being received and then standing back. I must try and talk less as I teach, letting my students make the discoveries for themselves in their own time. That's education. Instead, I prattle on, still trying to figure out exactly what I'm trying to say, and also supplying answers. But the answers only apply to me and my given circumstances. Your answers are different. The way you hear me is different. Your experiences are different. You're half to a third my age. What on earth do I have to say to you about social meds or YouTube or the state of the world? All I can tell you is how it was or how I remember it. My intel is old. Advice from people that don't know what they're talking about is hard to weather. But it's also one of those guarantees in life, you know, like Nissan Jukes or Ed Sheeran music at the Guardian Pharmacy, whether you like it or not, whether you asked for it or not. Which you never do. I don't. I don't ever ask for Ed Sheeran. But half the time I come out of the Guardian with my boner pill medication and, uh, and I'm singing um, some Ed Sheeran direct for the next six hours. Terrific. There's no point in getting upset about it, I say to myself. If you let someone in to your life, then they'll want to have a say about it. Whether you want them to or not, they're not really talking to you. They're talking to someone else, someone in their past that did the same thing to them. There is a real human need to be right. And it's a cycle and it's hard to escape. So education is inspiration. It doesn't really matter what I say. What matters is what you get out of it. And then it's about what you do with it. How will you use it? Will you use the knowledge now or later? Who will you be then when you finally decide to deploy? 
experience and wisdom are different. One we all have, more or less, and one we don't. Experience comes with age. The more you do, the more experience you have. How you metabolize said experience equals how much wisdom you end up with. If you're not living an examined life, you can't be wise. In the new documentary on British cycling legend Mark Cavendish, which is on Netflix and it's really good, and it's called uh, Never Enough, Lance Armstrong makes an appearance. It's footage from his podcast. And he's sitting there with his hat on backwards. And um, and he's saying how, how he's counting out Mark Cavendish from a comeback. And how normally he hates being wrong. And he's bragging about how he hates being wrong. And, but he's happy this time to be wrong about discounting Mark Cavendish before he made that glorious comeback two years ago. And I thought there's a man who has not been practicing wisdom. Lance Armstrong is not wise. He's still immature, petty, wants to be right, even though he's completely irrelevant. Don't be a Lance Armstrong. Wisdom and success uh, don't necessarily go together. You can still emulate someone who isn't wise, and it might still work out for you. But you'll be one of those people, one of those blowhards, one of those old dudes that go around telling people how, uh, how they should be living their lives, or making it about themselves all the time, or not being able to hear, really hear. Wisdom comes from failure, for the most part. A regret, adversity, a challenge. You don't learn much from wins. Regrets are a real shortcut to learning. And if you have no regrets, you'll just make the same mistake over and over and over again. Not having regrets is like not learning from your history. And those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Rilke says in uh, Letters to a Young Poet, No one can advise or help you. No one. There is only one thing you should do. Go into yourself. Find out the reason that commands you to write. See whether it has spread its roots into the very depths of your heart. Confess to yourself whether you would have to die if you were forbidden to write. Now that's totally um, hyperbolic. I mean, they're poets. What do you expect? What do you want? You, you would hope that they would, they would uh, be, uh, exaggerate. But what he's talking about is... <clears throat> is would you do this for free or not? Would you do it in spite of all the naysayers or not? Are you compelled? Do you have to do it? Then the advice is self-evident. You keep going. You have to do it. Another Rilke um, piece of advice is a work of art is good if it has risen out of necessity. Is it necessary for you to create? Don't don't focus on the result. Focus on your need. Go inside yourself. What is your need? Because you're not special. You're exactly the same as everybody else. And if you have that need, then someone else has that itch also. And they will see you fulfill your need and they will be satisfied. That's the job of art. And it's your job to um, execute. 
Now, where was I? Oh, yeah. This brings me to um, some corroboration. Don't just listen to me. Listen to some pros, some old friends, some seasoned veterans of this industry here in Canada. I've been asking, uh, I've been asking these seasoned pros to send me advice in the form of voice memos. Here are three. The first is Johnny Shaw, an actor from Vancouver who has been in the industry for more than a quarter of a century. We got to know each other at fetish clubs back in the teens, but that's another podcast. Hi, Jason. Thanks for asking. This is John Shaw from Vancouver. Uh, What I would suggest to myself, my younger self, is... um, Well, I used to go into auditions wanting to be perfect. So much so that before I even entered the the audition room, my hands and my brow were suffering from flop sweat, and I was terrified of making a mistake. So much so that if I did make the slightest mistake in the audition, I fell apart. And as a result, I was a terrible, terrible auditioner. My advice to my younger self is that what I know now is within 30 seconds, 90% of the time they've made up their mind by what you look like. And while you can wow them with performance, you can certainly win an audition, but you can definitely lose an audition. Make bold choices. Have the freedom to fail even in a professional circumstance and be proud of what you do. After that, it's entirely out of your hands. So, in the end, relax. So well said. And I didn't pay him to say make bold choices. I mean, I didn't come up with that in a vacuum. It's just the truth. And I heard it for years. You got to make big choices. I never did it. I was always just afraid in the audition room. Well, now there aren't any audition rooms like there used to be. So you have less of an excuse to be afraid. You're at home. You've got your own camera, your own setup. Make bold choices and then have the bravery to send them in. And if somebody comes back to you and says, too bold, you know, just be flexible. There's, a, there's plenty of cooks, there's plenty of people in this committee, but know that the only way you're going to separate yourself is by batting for the fences. you got to bat for the fences. We're not in this industry to disappear into the middle. That's for other people. That's for industries that really are dictated by tall poppy syndrome, you know, like I imagine... Um, It's way better to be an employee who doesn't cause a ruckus in a large organization if they're just interested in keeping their job. Here, we don't have the job yet. So, the opposite is true. We must stand up and we must say to everybody, this is mine, this is what I can do, and me trying to be someone else or please someone else isn't going to work. What Johnny Shaw was saying is, above all, 
relaxed. Now, how do you go into a situation that's stressful and be relaxed? Well, the first thing to do is, I think, is to announce it. I see so many actors come into the casting studio and they try, they put on a brave face. Forget the brave face. No one's buying it. Or the actor that comes in and says, proclaims to everyone that this is fun. It's not fun. Auditioning isn't fun. No one thinks it's fun. Don't say it's fun, so don't lie. Just get on with it. Something that I found that works for me is to have a, a sousson of mild contempt for the whole process. People love that. People love the rascal. I've said this before. People love some detachment. People love to see that, oh, this person's confident. Whatever you do to get relaxed, try different things until it works and give yourself a break. You're not going to get it on the first go. Besides, you don't really know what they want either, and neither do they. So quit reading their mind. Quit being nervous about some expectation or yardstick that doesn't even exist. Go in there and perform. Enjoy the weirdness. If you're sweaty, tell the people, I am sweaty. Why am I so worked up about this? Self-deprecation or self-aggrandizement somewhere in the middle of that spectrum, you'll find yourself and you'll realize that all these things we get worked up about amount to a hill of beans in the long run. The next piece of advice is from Michael Tagan an actor I met more than 20 years ago at Vancouver Theatre Sports. I've spoken about him before on my other podcast, To My Glorious Self. It's the episode called It Takes a Village to Raise an Adult. I encourage you to go and listen to the other podcast. It's called To My Glorious Self, and you can find it wherever the podcasts are. It's really good. I'm really proud of it. It's a bunch of... um, personal essays. Mostly true, written by me. I just love them. I think it should be a book. Anyway, Michael speaks of kindness in this clip, and he should know. He's a real pro at it. He's a team player. He just wants to make stuff. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter what you ask of Michael. He'll do it. He'll act for you. He'll move lights around. He'll problem solve. He'll even give you a kidney. Mr. Jason, this is Michael from Vancouver. I have some advice. Be nice to everyone, always and forever. You never know who you're talking to or who they'll become. And it's just general great practice. People are always talking about actors that are just so nice. Your Keanu Reeveses, your your uh, Hugh Jackmans, your be a be a Luke Perry. I. Uh, I was talking to Luke Perry off set and a production kid was dragging cable across in front of us and he went, uh, just one second, Mike, I'll be right back. And he helped this kid haul cable across the parking lot. Just be good. Also, and I'm not sure if you're into also's, but you, all, you should also hang around set and watch you learn by watching. You learn what to do, and you learn what not to do. Also, there's the uh, added advantage of being handy. So if the director goes, uh, is, uh, is Jason around? Yeah, right here, sir. What do you need? 
And you're right there. Who knows? Maybe you'll get an added scene. Um, maybe you're there shaking a cocktail in the background and you get to do a line as the camera passes by just because you were standing there earlier, sipping your coffee, paying attention and being at the ready. Don't be back in your trailer uh, scrolling through your tweets. Uh, be ready to spring forward and do your thing. And just... Um... Just as uh, further backup to what he said, that guy works a lot. He works a lot, a lot. And he's got this attitude and this genuine and this energy and it's real and and that's really him. Now, I, there's no way I could be him, but I've definitely stolen bits from him over the years that has helped me enormously because my resting bitch face is real and... Um, you know, I just have sort of a a bad attitude half the time. That's my cross to bear. What's yours? What can you pick from these pros and and use as your own? We can't get them all right all the time immediately. But take one thing. Take how Michael is just energized to make stuff. Doesn't matter what he's doing. He's going to just going to be there. He's going to hang out. He's going to watch. He's going to learn. That's getting your money's worth. Our last piece of advice is from an old friend, uh, Denise Jones, an actor, comic, producer, improviser. I mean, she's a real powerhouse. She does it all because she has to, because she wants to be in this industry, uh, because um, there's a place for her, because uh, it, it, it lights her up. So she's going to do all of it and everything, come hell or high water, to be a part of it. Hey everybody, this is Denise Jones from Vancouver. Advice to my younger self. This could not happen for you. You could end up not being famous. So if that's the case... And it could very well be the case for some of you. Make sure you're making joy and magic and things that deeply satisfy you along the way. Because it's not, it's going to be the end of the road for a bunch of people. A bunch of us aren't going to be famous. So if at the end you're not famous, make sure you can look back on all the fucking shit you made and be so very proud of that. That's the secret. Make stuff. It'll save you. Make art. Don't worry about anything else. Get a job. Get a job to pay the bills, then make art when you can, as much as possible. Shut up. Stop complaining. You're owed nothing. Make art with people you love or people you like. That's the reason for being and the recipe for, for success. Making stuff is the new making it. Now get out there and risk it all. Don't take my word for it. Don't just listen to these actors, whether they've been, whether they've been around the block or not. And certainly don't listen to your parents or other naysayers unless they've walked a mile in your shoes. The only way you'll ever really learn what your art is and how you really are is by doing. It's in the doing. So do it. 
over and over. Try, 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 and then you die. That's it. The pressure's off. It's no big deal. Nothing matters. So what are you afraid of? And now the Bold Acting Newsletter. Uh, issue number 19 for Friday, August 18th. The sum of your life is what you pay attention to. The Bold Acting Newsletter for Friday, August 18th, 2023. Issue number 19. I'm a highly judgmental person. Years ago, a dear friend of mine told me as much, and I honestly had no idea. I'd like to think that I decided then and there to be a more equitable, equitable person, a person that didn't think so highly of himself. I surely hope that I am better than I was, but I haven't dedicated my life to becoming a better person. We don't ever do our best. We regularly take the easy way out. I know I do. There isn't enough time to always be working on yourself. Besides, much like a person that goes to the gym every day, who wants to be the person that is constantly working on themselves and then telling people about it? A modicum of self-awareness goes a long way. Are you talking right now? What are you talking about? Is it helpful? Is it additive? Is it entertaining at least? Who's your audience? These are the questions you can ask yourself when next you are regaling some captive listeners with your latest shiny penny of an anecdote. Could this conversation continue without you? Is it improved upon by my inserting myself? If the answer is no or uncertain, then maybe it's still time to listen. When I am in the car or on my bike, I often find myself looking around at my fellow humans saying things like, Nice hair, Lorraine from Seinfeld. Hey, your macrame owl called. It wants its wall hanging back. Or, It won't get any greener if you watered it, slow motion, Walter. Maybe take your eyes off that precious phone of yours and put the pedal to the metal. Or, Wow, now that's a promontory you could do Shakespeare from. As you can see, I regularly choose idiocy. But that's not the main problem. What I'm missing out on while nattering on to no one is. When I'm cluttered, negative, and above it all, I'm outside of my body. I'm not open to new stuff. I'm not paying attention. Make your own luck. You know those people that just seem to have it going on? They got great ideas, they're on the ball, they got a horseshoe up their ass, we think. They're risk takers, hard workers, and organized, but they're also people that listen. They pay attention. Others describe these people as lucky. It's because they're listening more than they are talking, I'd say. When you're talking, your ears don't work so well. If you're not listening, you're not learning. If you're not learning, you're not getting your money's worth. The thing about teaching something as ephemeral as acting is there comes a point when the teaching be comes to an end and the student must metabolize the experience and turn it into wisdom. If there was a thing out there you could master within a lifetime, would you choose it over the thing you would never get to the end of? Would you choose the sure thing or the question mark? Art is a bottomless well of opportunity. It never ends. 
pay attention to the things that yield more questions, not answers. Within the questions lies discovery. The answers yield only comfort, and they're not the truth. If you're doom scrolling on your phone, notice that everything outside the physical frame of your phone is actually not that bad. Just look up from your phone and see trees, or the sun, or a fellow human with a heart. Hey, look, there's a puppy. Look over there, it's a donut shop. I like donuts. You know what? I'm going inside and I'm buying a donut. Wow, they've got one that's hot buttered toast flavor. That's crazy. People are so imaginative. This is way better than what I was paying attention to before. Sochmeads is high needs. They want your attention, but it's not to your benefit. It's to theirs. It's to your detriment. You have one life. Don't give it to them. They don't deserve it. They haven't earned it. The best you can do is protect yourself from crooks. The sum of your life depends on it. Give your attention to what matters. Focus on the thing that fulfills and challenges. Find a lucky person and emulate them. Ask them how they did it. Nine times out of ten, I'll bet you'll find they put that horseshoe up there all by themselves.